0: Hello, and welcome to Unrivaled Experts, where we get the best of the best to share their insider secrets so you can get a shortcut to living a better life. I'm Chris Gunkel, and joining us today is Andrea DeMille. And Andrea is the author of a couple of books, Bunny Seeds, and her newest one, Is It Racism? How to Heal the Human Divide. And I'm going to put a shameless plug in there for her. Um, It hasn't been published yet, but it's coming out soon. I've already ordered my copy, so I'll give you info later on how to order yours. But Andrea is uh, an international keynote speaker. She's a trainer. She's the host of a podcast called The Wake Up Stories, and she appears on Utah's number one morning show, Good Things Utah. She's a business owner with years of study in diversity and inclusion. She has her degree in community health and human services. And She's even been appointed by Governor Cox and Lieutenant Governor Henderson in Utah to serve on Project Gateway Equity and Opportunity Commission. Today, she's here to talk to us about how to control our thoughts and navigate uncomfortable conversations, which is so timely right now. So, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Chris. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here.
0: I'm excited. You're doing super important work, so I'm glad you're here. I want to hear from you. Um, There is one thing that concerns me a little bit, though. I want to make sure we cover first, and that is you love peanut butter, but you don't like chocolate because everybody (laughs) knows those two go together. You know, it's like the best flavor combination ever.
1: Uh, I get crap from that all the time it's true i love peanut butter and i hate chocolate i do love white chocolate and and i'm glad that um hershey has deemed it to make a reese's peanut butter cup with white chocolate so that is my jam (laughs)
0: so now you're not completely left out and missing out on this okay perfect So, let's jump into it. Uh, I, I gave a little <clears throat> intro, uh, a little bit of background about what you do, but I, I want to know who is it like who's your your number one person or, or group of people that you can help?
1: Yeah, so the number one group of people that I would really love to help right now are middle aged folks and and parents, people with children um, because we tend to navigate a lot of conversations now that, Get a little uncomfortable in the workplace that the older generation never had to and that our younger generation is learning to deal with. And so it's really important for us to be able to navigate those uncomfortable conversations um, with an open mind and an open heart and be able to to teach our children how to be more inclusive moving forward as well.
0: So you mentioned mentioned that you want to work with parents and and middle-aged people because we haven't necessarily, and I fit in that, you know, middle-aged parent, mm-hmm. so I fit right within that demographic. And you said we haven't necessarily had to have a lot of these conversations growing up. What's what kind of friction? What kind of problems does that cause now when we're talking with our children and, and we don't know how to guide?
1: Right. So really, when it comes to any of the topics, whether it be sexual education, racial bias gender biases, um, discussing things about the LGBTQ community, the first thing that we really need to do is lead out with empathy. Um, our generation was kind of raised in this era where we didn't quite talk about it. Um, you know, when I was a young teenager and late elementary school, there, there wasn't the queer movement that there is now. You know, it was very quiet and hushed. Um, you know, gays did not have the right to marry. They didn't have the right to adopt children. And, you know, we were still dealing dealing with civil rights things as well. I know in terms of where I grew up, the NAACP came in and sued my county um, for lack of integration. And then they started busing black and brown kids from the south side of my town to the north side. And literally, if you lived in my neighborhood and you were white, you went to one school. And if you were black, you went to another because schools were not integrated like they were supposed to. And so it seems like, oh, we are all past all of those things. You know, we, we think and feel more inclusively. We welcome the the gay community. You know, um, civil rights is behind us. We're, we're all blended together now. But we still have some work to do, and our generation wasn't really taught how to navigate those uncomfortable conversations.
0: So when people are trying to navigate those conversations without any training, without talking to you and, and learning <clears> from somebody <throat> like you who helps offer this guidance, what, what are those mistakes that people are having when they try to initiate the conversations and take part in that?
1: So what I've noticed when people, what, what, what the mistake, the mistake that happens from what I've noticed, um, and in leading these conversations, whether it's in a training or a keynote address, usually people come at it from an angle of, well, talking about it is just contributing to the problem. Um, or they'll say, well, I don't, if it, if the term is race, they'll say things like, well, I don't see color. I teach my kids to love everybody. And the two reasons why I feel those statements are harmful are one, when it comes to talking about, it contributes to the problem. I feel like that couldn't be any further from the truth. I mean, if we want to prevent teen pregnancy and STDs, you have to be willing to talk about sex with young adult and teenagers and safe sex practices. We have to be able to you know use the words of what contraceptions are and how to receive help and you know no means no and things like that to keep them safe. And so I feel when it comes to the conversation about race or gender rights um, and even women equality rights, talking about it actually helps to heal that divide. Um, it allows us to listen to other people's lived experiences and hear their truth, which leads into that second part of when people typically say, well, I don't see color, I teach my kids to love everyone. And while I think that might come from a place of love, um, it can be very harmful because when you choose to not see color, you are ignoring someone's identity and their lived experiences. Because the truth is, someone's race is a part of who they are and they go through life and navigate situations that are different from other people of different races, just as men and women navigate the world differently based on our gender, and you know we're still working to come together and those topics, but those statements couldn't be any further from the truth.
0: Now, all of these subjects, all of these topics, uh, with these hard conversations, there there's a lot to them. Everybody, you know, there's there's a lot of passion on both sides. Um, mm-hmm and a lot of nuance to them. What's some of that stuff wh- when somebody's trying to help other people navigate through these conversations and initiating the conversations, what are some of those face moments where you just shake your head? And you're like, this is the worst advice ever.
1: Right. Uh, a lot of the times when you can get the worst advice ever would be just to ignore the problem. And um, for instance, during the black lives matter movement, there's a lot of 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 contention and it feels like people either take one side or the other you know if if people say black lives matter the rebuttal was always well all lives matter well here's the thing when the wells are dying or the bears you know need habitat, or the bison are are, are, uh, on the verge of extinction everyone rallies behind those groups and they don't say well all fish matter you know well, all mammals matter; they get behind it and do what they can to save the whales or save the fish, or sorry to save the bison um or the bears and I feel like that in and of itself can be probably the most damaging if a if a group is making a stance to bring out something um that is literally life threatening I think it's up to us as humans to first lead out with empathy and listen to other people's lived experiences um, and the first step to doing that is waking up to our own unconscious biases uh, that's another trigger that people tend to rebuttal oh, I don't believe in unconscious bias. I do everything consciously, and if I could, Chris, I would like to share a really quick story. Um, I always tell people well let me let me tell you this I was as you mentioned, commissioned by Governor Cox to serve on um, Project Gateway, opportunity and equity. And I was at the signing of Governor Herbert of Utah's um, diversity compact. So he issued a compact stating what Utah would do and five principles that they stand on to make a more equitable state. And so here we are, we're at the Capitol steps. Um, It's December, early December. We're getting our first snowfall of the year for Utah and you know every the who's who were there in terms of very affluent and powerful politicians, business owners at the signing of this compact. It's being filmed by every news station in the state. And I catch movement out of the right corner of my eye. And then I notice that a young gentleman starts to walk closer. And as he gets closer, I can make him out a little better and his ethnicity is he's latino, he's hispanic, and he's covered in tattoos with his pants a little below his belt line. And when I looked at him getting closer, One, it's snowing, so I was kind of thrown off that he wasn't wearing a shirt. Um, But my first feeling was fear when I saw him. And my first thought was, what is he doing here? Is he here to start trouble? And I share that story with people because here I am at the signing of a diversity compact. I do work of inclusion for women, for all minorities, for the LGBTQ community. And I am showing bias towards someone just because of how they look. And that came from a subconscious level from anecdotal and stereotypical stories because I've personally never had a bad interaction with a Hispanic person and there is no reason for me to feel fear, Chris. And so I tell people one of the first things we can do is catch ourselves in that moment and wake up to our own biases. I'm happy to say that later I went on and I said, Andrea stop it. Look at him. And I made myself look him in the eye. And he was smiling and elated ear to ear. And I'm so glad that I was able to very quickly change my feelings from fear to one of inclusion and happiness and joy and if we all take a moment to one check our feelings and wake up to our own biases then we really can start to lead out and create more equity to help heal that human divide um, and everything that's going on in our country in our world right now
0: thank you for sharing that story um because because we all do experience that whether we want to admit it or not and right. the other thing that I like about your approach is really going after the unconscious bias, mm-hmm. that hardwiring in our system, you know, that that over years are unconscious, which is really, you know, 90, 95% of our thinking. There's, you know, we like to think Absolutely. that we're thinking through every bit of the day, but we're not. It's, you know, most of the stuff is automatic. And so being intentional, noticing that, being able to change it. Um, I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. and and. Can you give us some guidance, too? So, in the let's say in the next forty eight hours, we want to start on this now. What's something that we can do? Any exercises or or, or thoughts that we can can do to uh, to really start going in the right direction and and take notice of these biases and stopping them?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, the first thing that we can do is, When you catch yourself having a bad feeling, you know, whether it's fear, anxiety, stress, because of how someone looks, whether it's their gender, their age, their race, their culture, stop for a moment and ask yourself, where do these feelings come from? Why am I experiencing these feelings? And then explore it. That's the first thing that we can do. The second thing that we can do is, you know, be willing to listen to other people's lived experiences. And as you mentioned, I have a podcast called The Wake Up Stories. And on that, it's a 20 25 minute show, so people can listen while they're commuting or working out. And we bring guests on every week to share their stories of what they've gone through and how they've either woken up to their own biases and become more inclusive, or how someone else's biases made them feel. And through sharing those stories, we all can start to come together and help the the divide. So, those are definitely the two things that I highly recommend. And as you mentioned, Chris, you're right on 91% of our thoughts throughout the day or on autopilot. They're driven from a subconscious level. We only have control over 9% of our thoughts. So if we pause and wake up to those feelings, we can start to reprogram our subconscious mind and take control of that.
0: Absolutely. It's something we all need to be aware of. We all need to do. And, and really seeking that understanding of, of ourselves and how we're wired. And then also how others are wired too. Because you just need to have that understanding of each other. Uh, okay. Andrea... We've barely touched the, uh, the tip of the iceberg on a very complex subject, family of subjects. So we're not going to be able to go into really any more, but how do we learn more from you? Where can we find you?
1: Yes, thank you. Um, you're right. We've just barely scratched the surface and I would love to continue this conversation with anyone who's willing. So if you guys would love to get together, you can find me at thewakeupstories.com. You can also follow me on Instagram. It's Andrea, A-U-N-D-R-E-A underscore D. I'm on LinkedIn under the same name as well. And again, on Facebook uh, with the wake up stories. But love to continue this conversation and help people navigate our unconscious biases so that one conversation at a time, we can all come together and help heal that human divide.
0: I love it. Thank you again so much for being on. Everybody, I will put those links on the show note pages. So that way you can connect with Andrea, see what she's all about and learn from her. Andrea, again, thank you very much for being on the show.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Chris.
0: Thanks for being here and checking out our latest amazing guest. Be sure to head over to unrivaledexperts.com to learn from more incredible experts so you can get a shortcut to living your best life.